today's episode is about advertising in the sound universe. Although there are a bunch of platforms that advertise through sound and music, I decided to do a focus on the two that were most noteworthy to me in present day, Pandora and Spotify. I find both highly intriguing because they continue to surprise me on what they are doing and not doing. They are both actively creating a space for themselves that I'm sure has been under the radar for years, but now it's getting interesting as things are actively being unveiled, especially in the last several months. This podcast is here to educate on the power of sound, the possibilities of sound, and the accessibility of sound in marketing to all brands, both big and small. Sound marketing is a great way to break through the noise that visual marketing creates. This podcast breaks down what has happened, is happening, and insights on what's happening in the future. However, the most important thing I want to transmit to you is that you can be a company of one or a company of 1,000. Sound marketing is accessible and affordable for us all. The landscape of everything in this world is changing and evolving at a ridiculously fast rate. In order to thrive, we have to understand a little bit of everything. My name is Gina, and I'm head of audio at Dreamer Productions and Stageham Entertainment. I create sound identities for companies, brands, individuals, and events. Pandora has been stepping up with embracing sound marketing in a way I was not expecting from them. Not only do they have a podcast, which I find highly interesting and enjoyable to listen to, but they are also launching, or rather have launched, their Pandora for Brands department. I've listed the link to that website below. This is where they actually are working with brands to develop ads to target your exactly specific audience. I say exactly specific because we're not just talking about grabbing music and slapping it on an ad. They actually would encourage you not to do that. Pandora will develop an ad with you that will speak to your correct audience and ideally increase your click rate by using their 10 years of data and analytics on their consumers to your advantage. Their data allows you to be able to target your audience based on who they are, what they listen to, where and when they listen, what they are doing when they listen, and even how they are listening. One in three Americans are listening to Pandora. Pandora even has 10-plus third-party data providers that can hone in even further with data like shopping behaviors, media consumption, purchase habits, what media they go crazy for, etc. Now, before you freak out and say, privacy, all of this is legit, and it is what we all sign up for when we go online. So, moving on. I'm not sure what the cost is for Pandora. They don't list it as far as I can tell. They want you to reach out specifically, which I could see as good. They do acknowledge the small business in their information, so it could be a situation where they calculate based on marketing budget or annual revenue or something like that. Or I could be entirely wrong and you have to sacrifice your firstborn. Who can say for sure? With Spotify, I actually found a little bit less information, which I found a bit surprising. Not saying they'd be less effective, but it looks like they are taking a little bit more of a hands-off approach. They have an ad studio where it looks very similar to creating a Facebook or LinkedIn ad. You target your audience, write your script, choose your background song, and send it over to them to record VO and begin the campaign. They have their own VO team, which I could see as a good thing. 30 seconds goes by fast, sometimes faster than an average person naturally talks. And we're not all VO artists, to put it nicely. Studies have shown that 61% of audiences respond better to an announcer-read ad as opposed to a host-read ad, so it makes sense to keep this outsourced. Their minimum ad spend is $250, and you don't get charged over your campaign budget spend. 
I say this because I've experimented with LinkedIn ads, and if people are clicking, they will keep running it. This causes unforeseen spends, so that little nugget of information is very reassuring to me. However, I'm not sure if there would be foreign fees or not because I believe Spotify is a Swedish company. The main objective, I believe, for both parties is that they don't want to kill the listening vibe. They want to create relevant ad experiences, and they now have the data and know-how on how to do that. I remember not so long ago listening to my kids Winnie the Pooh Pandora station in the middle of the day, and an ad for Match.com came up. Actually, this happened multiple times. Seeing as it was a kid's channel and it was the middle of the day with mom not working, I would think that Match was not reaching their target demographic. I take that as a par for the course situation because since then my ad experiences have become more and more relevant to me and my lifestyle. And here's where a sound logo is so, so important. Pretty much all of us have turned on a music streaming service at one point or another. When you do that, chances are you are not looking at your phone or iPad or whatever device is streaming. So when those all-important ads of yours pop up, how do you let the listener, because they are not necessarily a viewer, know that it is you? Sound. Ads can be 30, 15, or even as short as 10 seconds long. With a tiny amount of attention real estate, you've got to draw your listener in and fast. They may not even have time to look at the device by the time your ad is over. But if you had a sound, now you have a way for them to recall you that is more effective, I'd argue, than anything else. Even with the most pleasant voice or the most clever script, your brand name could still be forgotten. I even think sometimes when the script is so clever or so funny, we stop on that and remember the commercial, but not necessarily the brand. Hence my da-da-da example. But I'm not an advertising manager, so we'll just sidestep that thought for now. Something that I've been honestly just ignoring and putting aside for a long time is understanding fully Spotify and its playlists. I know that if I put more time and energy into even being on the platform, I could find a better use for the notoriety of my music albums. I've been doing this podcast for only a few months now, and already it's gotten more streams on Spotify than my albums have, that have been living in the streaming and CD Baby world for much, much longer. I've barely marketed them as albums. I'll market them for licensing purposes, but not as an album as a whole. A lot of that has to do with the fact that album selling isn't really where things are anymore, but I'm sure with more thought, I could come up with something clever. So what do I need to do? Well, it looks like I was right. In order to figure out how to get on those highly competitive and sometimes impossible to get on playlists, I have to be on the platform more. Short and sweet. I need to understand the platform like a pro in order to show up on it. The other thing I need to do is develop my, wait for it, brand better. I need to have a cohesive plan for my music rather than just my podcast or just my services, etc. It's kind of crazy, but true. My music to me seems really disjointed. It's just a collection of things I like to listen to and styles I like to write in. I feel it's a bit like marketing the Princess Bride. If you haven't read As You Wish by Carrie Elwes, go get it now. It's amazing. I linked it in the show notes. Anyways, Carrie talks about how much trouble they had marketing the movie. It was a box office flop. In fact, it wasn't until VHS showed up and home movie watching exploded did the movie get the recognition that it so rightly deserved. What happened was that the movie was all over the place. Sword fighting, pirates, giants, true love, rodents of unusual size. And then there was this sweet grandson-grandfather element and how the whole thing tied up with how much the grandfather loved his grandson. 
It baffled the marketing department, and so it, of course, baffled the potential viewers. The way that that problem was solved was through a brand new medium, VHS. So what medium would work best for me? And to bring it back to you guys, what medium would work best for you? Moving back to sound advertising, I found a company called AdSonica. I reached out to the founder and he provided me with some great information. AdSonica creates static ads with sound that you can attach to your marketing arsenal. They combine both the audio and the image into one JPEG file so that the two can stay cohesive as well as keep the quality of both functions clear without deterioration. You're also able to include things like coupons and multiple soundtracks within the whole thing. Pretty handy. However, he informed me that there are some limitations. The maximum length of the audio is fixed by the ad companies, which limit the total ad size to 150K. So when you combine an image with sound, you have about 12 seconds of audio and the picture. Yet another reason why a sonic logo comes in handy. With limited time comes limitations. Create a recognizable sound and you can cut right to your point that much more effectively. By adding sound, people more fully engage in the advertising and often click two to three times as often. I also asked him about preparing for voice click optimization, but they're not there yet. I don't blame them. That stuff is crazy new and in my head, impossible. Currently, they are working on how to best implement with smart speakers. Their cost is a small percentage of your ad spend. That's it. For more information on AdSonica and to see if it's right for you, I've included a link in the show notes. Just tell them Gina Isham says hi. The importance of functional sound is becoming more and more clear. What is functional sound? Basically, it's a short mnemonic phrase like a ringtone or a tone of some sort associated with an alarm or the turning on of a device, something like that. It could be the sounds when you punch in your zip code at the gas station or your pin at the ATM. Most notably, at least to me, is the sound you hear from the chip reader when you remove your credit card at a store. These are sounds in your day-to-day that, without you realizing it, are ingrained in your subconscious. Veritonic, which I will need a whole episode one day to talk about them, is an unbiased third-party company that gathers data from all sorts of companies to see how their sounds and sound marketing fares with the global consumer market. They just released a new case study on the effectiveness of earcons, which is functional sound, in the market today. I'll attach the link to the ebook if you're interested in downloading in the show notes. So, so much amazingly awesome geeky information in there, so I'll just rein it back to stay on point. Premium versus generic earcon is basically what the case study was about, so they started off with the premise that functional sound is effective regardless. There were a whole bunch of numbers that I won't get into, but to sum it up, 60% of listeners preferred a premium sound to a generic sound. The study also found that premium sounds that are designed as part of a unified experience are more effective than sound designed in isolation. What all of this means is that premium sounds, sounds customized to a specific brand, and unified experience sounds, such as keeping on and off or connected-disconnected sounds reciprocal, have the highest recall rates. All of this makes sense to me, but I realize it may not make sense to everyone. If you'd like more information on this, please don't hesitate to reach out. I could even draw up some examples for you if you're interested. This podcast is for you, so please let me know if there is anything in particular you've been curious about. Don't be afraid to be vague or even of talking in incomplete sentences. I get it. It's new and ever-changing. That's why I'm here. 
to help bridge that gap between traditional marketing and this whole new way of thinking. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, follow, add to your library, and share with a friend. Have you read an interesting article lately? Do you have any questions? Do you have a really off-ball event that you heard about that you want to send my way? Please share. You can find me at dreamerproductions.com. That's D-R-E-A-M-R productions.com. LinkedIn, Facebook, or you can email me at Gina, J-E-A-N-N-A, at dreamerproductions.com. I want this podcast to be a collaborative event. I want it to be of benefit to us all, so stop by and say hello. Let's make this world of sound more intriguing, more unique, and more and more on brand. This podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and Podbean. Coming soon to iHeartRadio.